How safe of a start is Taysom Hill in week 11? Is the Denver Broncos backfield no longer an even split? And can one NFC East receiver make his return to greatness on Sunday? Plus, the Week 10 second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, uh, Josh Falcone is going to join us to talk about Tyler Boyd handling the beat-up Lions offense and starting lineups in Week 11, and much more. Listen, we've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. The lesser. Make out of the lesser. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thanksgiving is next week already. It's creeping up on us as well as the penultimate, well, not penultimate, but coming up on the uh, stretch run of the fantasy football high stakes season. I want to thank Rob. I want to thank the quiet hollers. For our music tonight, for our intro music, uh, again, check out their music, quiethollers.com. Uh, greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics, all the uh, Ferelliacs uh, listening around the world tonight in the chat room as well. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, and I want to welcome in my co-host, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, how are we doing tonight? We're doing wonderful, Balky. A beautiful fall evening from Louisville, Kentucky, where we have nothing but football this weekend as we uh, declare our 11-week champions in Kentucky and our uh, four teams in each uh, FFPC uh, league that will advance to the league playoffs. A very exciting time, brother. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I, I was looking over my Kentucky lineups this week, and, and I have several teams in play definitely scratching mm-hmm. and clawing their way to try to get in the playoffs. I know I needed a, a non – like, I, I know I needed a, um, a, um, um, a decent night for DK Metcalf ball? last night. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I, needed, I needed DK Metcalf not to take a zero. I needed Carlos Hyde to get the lion's share. Of, of touches in, in Seattle's backfield, and I needed Devontae Adams to play. So as we stand mm-hmm. on Friday night, things are going my way so far. Mm-hmm. It looks like all those things I are going to happen. So. We'll see what happens. I, everybody, you know, you, you yourself too. I mean, you're gunning for Football Guys Players Championship League playoff burst, FFPC main event uh, 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 playoff burst. It's, this is a, a highly emotional week, and, and this is something that sets, you know, the FFPC and the KFFSC apart from a lot of the other home leagues, like this is, this is league playoff time already coming up here as, as we usher in week 11. It's good to, it's good to have some teams that are in the hunt ball. It's good to have some teams that are on top. That's an experience that 
that you've had with us here in Kentucky for a long time. And, and I just, you know, the, the product of the uh, FFPC genius of inventing the slow drafts and, and making them part of the main event finally allowed me to play some. So how much I enjoyed <laughs> that, I, I, I can't tell you. But, yes, it is, and, and it, um, you know, anyone who is – in a position to win, has had to fight for a lot of weeks, make some good decisions, some bad decisions. I hope we've helped people make some good decisions here as they move on through week 11. I I don't want to jinx us. I think we've given some good information out, and we'll keep that role working tonight. But, hey, looks like Christmas is coming in November from you because you're getting everything on your wish list, Balky. I'm trying, yeah, and and certainly things are coming up good uh, for me right now. Not as good as they're coming up. For uh, one of our representatives in the chat room tonight, Wasp Guy, that's right, Hudson Kern-Reeve, not only crushing mm-hmm. it in Kentucky, not only chasing me in uh, the uh, Parnelli-Jones division of the Checkered Flags Championship in the KFFSE, he's third place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship. So congrats to him. Uh, and in fact, we are going to have the second place overall team in the FFBC, uh, 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 or excuse me, in the Football Guys Players Championship, Josh Falcone, coming up in roughly about 10 minutes as well as uh, we're going to talk about a sleeper NFC East tight end that you probably need to get in your lineups this weekend. We're going to talk about how you can solve the Salvan Ahmed riddle. Uh, and then obviously Josh Falcone talking about how he managed his team in the second place in the FPC in his first year of competition in the football guys players championship. want to give a shout out to a couple of um, KFFSC guys in the chat room right now. It's Kevin Williamson, the Bourbon city ballers. And uh, as I stated earlier, Hudson Reed, Wasp Guy, in the chat room. If you guys have any questions, I know Kern usually does, uh, you can post them right there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFFO, or I am at Eric Balkman. Farrell is at J. Farrell Elliott. And, of course, Josh Falcone is at Josh Falcone 15 uh, Facebook.com slash HSFFO is where you can get a hold of us uh, there. 347 That's 347-GAME-OVA. HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is where you can email the show as well. If you do have any questions for us, last warning, send them in now. We're going to try to get to all the tweets, all the emails, all the questions coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. I want to thank my audio engineer and my best friend Bryce and our producer and mutual friend Rob as we get into tonight's show. Uh, before we get any further, I do want to remind you, rotoviz.com slash podcast is the site of the latest high-stakes lowdown. Uh, it is me, and it is Dave Scioto, a uh, very accomplished player in both the FFPC main event and the Football Guys Players Championship. We get into a lot of stuff uh, that you need to know as you're managing your lineups to try to get that half-million-dollar grand prize, rotoviz.com slash podcast, or anywhere you get podcasts for me and Dave Scioto on the Rotoviz high stakes lowdown of course rotoviz.com slash podcast want to thank football guys draft sharks roto world and rob for tonight's fantasy flash actually before we go any forward uh, uh before we get any further on in the show i want to give a shout out to david dodds um a, a guy who has been a legend in the uh, fantasy football yep. industry over the last 20 plus years he is hanging them up good for him he is moving on to bigger and better things um i, I know uh, joe bryant in the football guys email sent out this week said he wants to get more adequate sleep, um, better exercise, better diet. He's just trying to improve his life at this point. So he steps away from football, guys. Uh, better things to come, bigger things to come, no doubt, for David Dodds, the official rocket scientist of this show. And I uh, want to wish him well um, in whatever he does going forward because he, uh, he, he has helped out so many people in this industry, ourselves included, no question. Uh, so congratulations, David Dodds, on a great career. Now, 
let's get into uh, what, what fantasy owners need to know about tonight, uh, Farrell. Matt Patricia, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, says it's going to be difficult for DeAndre Swift to be cleared to face the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Kyle Meinke, uh, who covers the Lions, um, posted that on Twitter. We have since found out that the running backs coach for Detroit has declared DeAndre Swift out. Um, Swift practiced uh, on Wednesday. He was placed in concussion protocol on Thursday. My guess, Farrell, is that he was concussed at some point on Wednesday. He is not going to play this week. So I guess my question to you is, um, are you willing to pick up Adrian Peterson? Are you willing to pick up Kerryon Johnson for week 11 um, and start them this week against a Carolina Panthers defense that hasn't been great? Or is your advice just to avoid this situation completely? Well, no, I think yeah, I think those players will be rostered, especially in the case of Adrian Peterson. He's going to be rostered a great deal. And you shouldn't hesitate to play him. I, last week I had a league where I started Rex Burthead and uh, Joshua Doby uh, McKissick. So I uh, I would oh, welcome yeah. Adrian Peterson into this lineup. You know, Carolina's 125 yards uh, to the running back, uh, rushing defense per game. Uh Adrian Peterson can come out and run, and run angry. And, you know, Coach Patricia, he is always complaining. Tell us something about Galladay. That's what I want to hear about. Uh, yeah. He didn't let Swift play for most of the season, so he won't have him against the Carolina Panthers. He's got other running backs. Use them and win. Do you, so you like Peterson better than Kerryon Johnson this week, then, right? Um, you know, you're not going to have them both on your roster. So you can't play them, you know, you won't have that decision. So whichever one you have, and if you're in a bind at running back, if you're in a bind at the position, you can play either one of them. I have a soft spot for Peterson, I must say. You know, the thing is, it, it, it's, it's, it's sort of like the age-old question, you know, because Peterson probably will get the most touches in this Detroit backfield in that Carolina game. Um, but Kerryon Johnson may be getting the more high-value touches, maybe on third downs, mm-hmm. where, where Peterson probably hasn't excelled uh, in the past. So I, I think you have to make a decision there. In this game, as, as far as uh, our friends in the, in the desert have called it, the Lions are indeed mm-hmm. a two-point favorite in, in a game with a 46.5-point uh, total. Uh, so you would think that that would favor Peterson, like uh, Farrell said. Uh, might be a little bit of a sneaky start this week. So uh, keep an eye on that. Definitely, whatever you do, do not start DeAndre Swift. All right, let's move on to this uh, shocking or maybe not shocking news coming out of New Orleans today. Uh, ESPN's Diana Rossini has uh, said that Jameis Winston, quote, will not be part of any offensive packages uh, this week against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Drew Brees went down last week. Who came in to relieve him? It was Jameis Winston. However, Sean Payton said Taysom Hill is going to be getting the start under uh, uh, under center for the Atlanta Falcons this week. My whole thing is this, is, and, and I said this throughout the week to anybody who would listen. I said I would not be surprised if Sean Payton threw the whole fantasy world a curveball and said that Taysom Hill is either going to split reps for the for the uh, for the quarterback at, at the for the Saints, or he's going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to be the starter. And Farrell, I, I guess my whole feeling is when it comes down to, and we're going to talk to Josh Falcone about this in a little bit, but my whole thing with this Winston Hill thing is, even though Hill's the starter, I'm not convinced that this isn't going to be a split uh, at reps at quarterback on Sunday. Well, Bucky, I think you kind of summed it up. Have you ever seen, um, have you ever seen Miss uh, Rossini? Have you ever eyeballed the ESPN oh, yeah. reporter? Yeah. 
Yeah, Diana Rossini. Oh she's man, on, I... uh, she's on a lot. She's on a lot of the ESPN uh, pregame shows on Sunday. She know, she knows her oh, stuff. Recently she, got married. By she the way. should be. She knows her stuff, and I tell you what, I would tell her anything. I you know I I would tell her I'm an astronaut that I own the bar <laughs> that I know Dave Gerzak that I am Dave Gerzak. I would tell her anything to impress her. Seems like a lot of talk coming out of New Orleans. Uh, we could talk about this issue of what Coach Payton wants to do with this quarterback, why he wants to do it. None of this surprises me. We go back to 1987. Sean Payton was an underachieving, or I'm sorry, overachieving quarterback in a uh, unprepared body to play professional quarterback. Five foot eleven. He was not. Good. He tried to play everywhere. He ended up playing in England before it was all said and done, and he immediately went into coaching. Um, You know, I think he's trying to prove that a guy like him, 33 years later, that a a guy like him can play the position. And this this comes from a head coach that's one of the best and most successful head coaches in football. He's one of the top-paid coaches. His contract is through 2024. And by damn, this is what he's going to do, you know. And if I was his general manager, I might have some questions for him because, you know, we, we signed a quarterback here in New Orleans the last time they went against the Atlanta Falcons and a whole different set of circumstances. But we don't have to go very far back. Last November, uh, Winston threw three touchdowns and over 300 yards against this team. Um, I would be surprised if we didn't see them both. But uh, – I'm really surprised from a football standpoint that we're seeing so much hill when Winston is available, but then you play in the personality of why this is happening. And I think that's where you get your answer. And this is something that this coach wants to prove. He'll have his chance to prove it against the Atlanta Falcons who are an improving pass defense. They're not good but they're an improving pass defense. Have you thought much, Balky, about this? all this information that's coming from New Orleans? And I would be grateful for it if I'm in the Atlanta coaching room and I'd be trying to sift through it to see what of it is, uh, what of it is spot on and what, uh, what parts of it are smoke. But have you thought much about what you would do to defend a Taysom Hill? Um, well, I think the thing is, is and and we and we'll get into this. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little Alvin Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara later on. But the thing is, is I, I think this makes makes the Saints such a more um, potent um, uh, ground game team uh, in, in this mm-hmm. game. I think you're going to see more Latavius Murray. I think that you might even see some formations with Kamara, Murray, and Hill all on the field at the same time, and and you know. A throwback to the four horsemen, mm-hmm. you know, basically <laughs> with Notre Dame, you know, whatever it was a hundred years ago or so. And, and you could see some option stuff. I don't know what Sean Payton's going to throw at uh, the, the Falcons. All I know is this is he's going to try to keep them guessing. Um, so I guess I would have um, pretty conservative um, expectations from Michael Thomas and Jared Cook. Um, I have basically zero expectations for Emmanuel Sanders but I think for me, I'm still trotting out Kamara. Uh, Hill is interesting sure. at quarterback, although I think I can probably find a better quarterback I like better than him. Right. Just because I don't, I don't, I don't buy that he's going to be out there for 80, 90 percent of the snaps. I, I think Winston's going to rotate in, despite what we've been hearing from Rossini, despite what we've been hearing from the Saints beat writers. I, I just think that this is such a Sean Payton move to say, look, we don't have any packages for Winston, and then run him out there and 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 have Winston go 
three or four series where he's throwing the ball up and down the field and might turn into a couple of touchdowns for New Orleans against Atlanta against a, a divisional opponent. It sure could, Bucky, and, and we'll get to more of it later with Josh. But, you know, you're exactly right. I think the Falcons have to win on first down if they can put uh, if they can put Hill in second and long. Uh, you know, we might see Winston sooner than later in that situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think you're right, and I think anybody who believes that Winston is not going to be on the field, I think you need to reevaluate. Um, uh, what your expectations are for this game because I think he's going to be out there. Could be wrong. It's been happened. Uh, it, it's happened before where I've been wrong. I don't think I'm wrong in this. Which would uh, mean Miss Rossini misled us. Right. Yeah, that, that never happened. We've been misled that by that girl. Um, all right, so let's get into uh, to, to uh, tonight's guest here. I want to bring him on right now. He is a diehard Chicago Bears fan and is trying Ooh. to close in on a $500,000 grand prize he sits in second place overall in the uh, Football Guys Players Championship that features nearly 11,000 teams. He's second place overall, with leading the competition last week. I want to welcome in Josh Falcone into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Josh, uh, welcome, greetings, and a happy early Thanksgiving to you, my man. Hey, Eric. Hey, Farrell. Thanks for having me on. And Absolutely. You guys Josh, good to talk to you. Happy. we got another great Chicago Bears fan that's doing well in the contest and uh you you guys are uh making the name for the windy city go ahead Balky. well i was just gonna say it's it's awesome to have you on um in in um in such a late part of the season you know we've had i actually john tenley who was our our guest last week said you know i've, I've talked to some people who have come on your show in october in november in december and their teams take a nosedive after that. And I will fully hold you responsible of the curse of the high State fantasy football. Hour. Josh says bully to that. And he is coming on tonight uh, to, to uh, talk about his team, to talk about his success in 2020. We want to get to all that, but Josh, before we do, can you tell the listeners uh, what you're doing for a living there? Sure. So I run a Kia dealership uh, in the Chicagoland area and I've been in the car business since I was 15. You know, so it's uh, something I really love, and you know, my free time it's uh, it's all sports. So, car business and sports, man, it's great. So, Josh, just That's just you. curious. So, like, you've been you've been uh, literally a Bears fan your whole life, then, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, through all the bad years, the good years, and there really aren't many good years. But you know, hopefully this year, <laughs> or next year, or the year after will be our year. You know, we keep telling ourselves that, but we'll see what happens. Well, Josh, how long have you been playing FFPC? Uh, this is my first year doing FFPC. Um, I have been doing daily fantasy and just fantasy football in general, you know, backyard leagues, you know, the whole nine for probably three, four years now. Um, a little bit heavier on the DFS side the last two years, and I've had some success, so I just decided to give it a shot. Well, now you're exactly where you're supposed to be, brother. You're supposed to graduate from that and come to this. Where you uh, and the season long is the experience that you can separate yourself with, and you're obviously doing very, very well. Um, did you have? You seem. I know you're a busy guy based on what you just told. What you just told us you do for a living. So, I take it you're pretty good with numbers. Um, you know, I don't know if you're a family man or not. How did you cut out time in your schedule to make 
um, the FFPC work, and were people a little surprised to see you stepping into this? And then the last question, I'll let you answer some of these before you forget what I've even asked you. <laughs> but did you make the trip to join us in Las Vegas? Were you one of the few that, that made it this year, or did you play uh, online? So I did do it online. Um, I would have loved to have come, um, but I could not. I, I just had given uh, my, my wife had given birth to uh, our son. So congratulations for the last year. Yeah. He turns a year in a couple of days here. So that's what I've been doing for the last year. But to answer your question about uh, my time, um, I work basically nine to nine every day of the week, except Sunday and Tuesdays. Um, sometimes it's later and earlier, et cetera. But um, so putting it together was kind of tough. My father-in-law is the one who introduced me to the idea of this. He's like, Hey, let's do a team together. You like fantasy, I do. We're in a couple backyard leagues together. So we said, you know what, let's just draft a couple teams. We did too. And I'm just sitting on my kitchen counter one night, and I'm like, you know what, let me just jump into another one. You know, let me just do a quick draft. It's, you know, one spot. All right, cool. Next day, I'm like, all right, let me just do two today. You know, and I, I made my way up to like uh, 13 in the football players, guys, and then one in the main event. Um, and I love it. You know, it, uh, it shocks a lot of my friends, I guess, that I did so many teams. Uh, but some mm-hmm. of them who know, like, my side of, like, me loving sports, they were like, man, go for it. You got a shot. You, you know, you know a lot about this stuff. You know, you put a lot of time and effort into, like, looking at it for, you know, a couple hundred dollars versus, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So give it a go. And, you know, they're, they're full support. So, but I've had a great, uh, I've had a great time doing it. I, I really like the draft setups. They were very quick, super easy for a first time user. Um, and I really enjoyed uh, just using the platform. I mean, it was great all year. So, well, I, I love the way I, I love your passion for this. I'm not going to turn the microphone over to Bob again. I'm going to just keep asking your question. This is where you just push the host, <laughs> the real host, into the corner. The real genius is this operation, and keep talking. Is that okay, Bob? Uh, yeah, go ahead. You, you're you did something with your second place team that that everybody tells me they're going to do next year. Very few people will, but they're all telling me about it. They say, I'm going to draft. My first four players are going to be running backs. My first six players are going to be running backs. So, <laughs> I don't know about you know, you did it. You did it this year. You you came up uh, first round, Dalvin Cook, second round, Aaron Jones. Todd Gurley, who has – underperformed the draft position, and, and Melvin Gordon, who has definitely underperformed what your expectations were for him. Yet this team is, is in is in second place. So you, the receivers that you must have been able to get from the fifth round on, the tight ends, the way you put your team together, is this a strategy that you would go to again? I, I'd hate to – I can only imagine where this team would be if you hit on four of four running backs – uh, yeah. So, so yeah, just a little bit of what was on your mind about that. Would you do it again? And, and who did you go to after you drafted these four RBs? So I did do it with one other team. Um, I have a couple that are three running backs in a row. And my whole mentality for this whole contest was to go running back heavy. Um, the, the league itself is changing, you know, over the last couple of years to go more of a play action and, you know, send your running back out and, you know, get some catches and get some receiving yards mm-hmm. there. So I wanted to find, you know, the top guys in my opinion. And honestly, Todd Gurley, I don't even know how I picked him up third round, like looking back at it, but Melvin Gordon was someone that I was really hot on thinking he was going to be great this year. I mean, you know, some weeks he's performed for me. 
Um, and he's got me the win. He's got me some extra points that, you know, some of the other guys on my bench couldn't do. And I've played him well, so I think that was just on user on my end. But, like, Delvin Cook and Aaron Jones, I was hunting for. Um, I thought they could do phenomenal this year. And uh, they've, they've proven up to this point, you know, up to this week, that, they've, that they're both, uh, you know, very solid options. Um, but drafting the four in a row was, was not, like, the biggest surprise to me. Um, I was just really trying to, to grab anything that would help me for injury situations because there's so many different running backs and so many different teams that have, you know, I mean, I've heard people that I don't even know of that are playing on different teams like every other week because of injuries or COVID or any of this nonsense. So it, it, it really played to my favor that I grabbed a bunch of them. And to answer your next question on the, on the receivers, um, in my experience in the league so far, no one liked Keenan Allen or Stephon Diggs um, or even Tyler Boyd. And those are the three I picked, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Wow. And those guys, uh, I saw them in every draft go past what they should have on all of my fantasy sheets that I was using. And, and I was just like, you know what? Keenan Allen, big PPR guy, is going to get a lot of catches. Stephon Diggs, I love Josh Allen. Um, we'll get to Josh Allen in a little bit. I drafted him in the 11th round on this team, and that was a steal for me. He's done great for me. And then Tyler Boyd, uh, we're going to get into that in a couple minutes here, I think. Uh, but I – I, I love those guys. They were really, really good seven seven picks, in my opinion. But Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, they are uh, kind of like my punt plays every other week, depending on who can play, who can not play. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the thing is, you know, say what you will about Gurley and say what you will about Gordon, but Gurley seems to get in the end zone every single week, and Gordon seems to get the lion's share of touches every single week, too. So while their you know, ceiling may not be the ceiling of, of some of the other uh, upper echelon players, they're still performing, and it's a big reason why you're in second place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into Week 11. Um, I want to actually get into the 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 the, uh, the Melvin Gordon discussion here uh, real quick. I, it's interesting because I'm looking at your Football Guys Players Championship team that's in second place. Gordon, at the last time I checked, was on your bench. Is it a slam dunk decision to keep him there? in favor of, of his real-life teammate, Jerry Judy, um, who is going to be at home against the Dolphins, uh, and, and uh, Todd Gurley, too, who is going to be facing the Saints on the road uh, as a dog uh, where, where the game script maybe isn't, isn't favoring Gurley. When you look at this, Josh, when, when you're trying to make this lineup decision between Gordon and Judy and Gurley, are you still leaning towards um, Judy and Gurley and sitting Gordon, or have you changed your mind on any of that? That's a great question because I am still kind of lost on that myself. Um, Todd Gurley, he has kind of a low low potential for me, in my opinion. Um, what I think he can do, like on the best side, 50 to 60 yards rushing, two to three catches. And, you know, my goal is for him to one to two goal line touchdowns. That's how I'm going to get the value right. out of him. Melvin Gordon, on the other hand, hasn't looked the best over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's, it's nice to see Philip Lindsay not getting touches, uh, you know, as of recent. So he's definitely a viable option against Miami. Um, Miami finds ways to win games and they don't, I mean, like their team just shocks me. Like I'm, I'm surprised they're not uh, reverse three and six, you know, like, like Denver is. Um, so that makes me uh, want to play Judy just because I feel like Miami's going to lead at some point or be leading the game even at home in a tough Denver situation, and they're going to be throwing him the ball a lot. He'll get a lot of catches. That's my goal. I know last week, uh, 
the Chargers did not play very well against them. I think uh, the stat was like 33 yards, you know, uh, is where they kept all the receivers to. But, um, you know, on average, but I'm going to toss up between them uh, right now. But, you know, don't be surprised Sunday if uh, you see Melvin Gordon in there for Todd Gurley or for Jerry Judy. Um, Hmm. It it just really depends on what happens with Drew Locke. Uh, I like how he's been playing as of recent, honestly. He's not the best quarterback, but, you know, 300 yards, 250, 250, 250, a couple touchdowns, you know. So, if he's playing, if he's healthy, um, I may go with Judy. But, I don't know. It could be a shootout there, so it's, you know, it's up in the air. But right now I'm sticking with Gurley and Judy. What impresses me about those wide receivers and what you're doing with Judy uh, later on, Keenan Allen and Stephon Diggs, two of my all-time favorite players, and I didn't get them anywhere this year. That was my fault. Uh, you know, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. I can, I can crawl out my front door, drive to Cincinnati, 84 miles to the Bengals Stadium. And I have never, except for one team this year, never had Tyler Boyd as a player on my roster. And, and I feel a little better about that because, uh, you know, it's always hard to be a hero in your own backyard. You look up and you don't appreciate the local guys. I haven't heard you talk about any Bear players yet, so I feel a little better about that. But the the, the situation that uh, with those three receivers all having excellent years, all having standout years, you, you hit on two great running backs and three top receivers. No wonder your team – is is doing so well. Um, Boyd shouldn't be a question mark for you. Obviously, he wasn't because you drafted him. 96 catches last year, or 93 catches. I think I got him on track to have 96 this year. It, was it easy for you to separate Boyd from the other two guys there? Is that what drew you to Boyd? Because I, I haven't really focused on Boyd, so I'm trying to find out how what thought processes you did to focus on him, which might have been simple enough to realize that he caught 90-plus passes and five touchdowns last year. So I watched a lot of LSU football last year, and mm. Joe Burrow honestly inspired me to draft Tyler Boyd. That there is like go. a straight-up answer. Joe Burrow did some crazy stuff with Jamar Chase and Derek Dillon. I loved watching him throw all year, just tons of yards, just deep ball, deep ball, deep ball. And then you have A.J. Green – super injury prone. He's getting older. He's got great hands, great player, no doubt. Um, T. Higgins, also very quick, explosive, can catch the ball, but I think Tyler Boyd was a little bit more seasoned and coming in with uh, Burrow. I heard they made uh, a lot of good connections in uh, preseason, you know, well, the slight practices they had, whatever else, for a couple weeks. And I, I, I figured since he's a bad enough team that they're going to be playing from behind a lot, and Joe Burrow's mm-hmm. going to be slinging that ball. 40, 50 yards, you know, every other drive, and Tyler Boyd's hopefully going to be on the end of uh, those catches. Uh, I want to pose this question to both you guys. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this. There's a, a story on ESPN.com this week about um, the the 32 biggest uh, roster decisions that the NFL uh, NFL teams are going to be facing in 2021 or coming into 2021, and it was basically the biggest roster decision for each and every team. And the one that came up for the Bengals – was A.J. Green. And um, the beat writer for the Bengals who covers uh, Cincinnati for, uh, for ESPN.com said that he thinks the Bengals are actually going to re-sign A.J. Green next year despite the presence of Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Farrell, I'll pose this to you first, and then, and then Josh, I want you to weigh in. But, Farrell, do you see A.J. Green coming back to this team? And if he does come back to the team in 2021, how much does it affect T. 
T. Higgins or and Tyler Boyd if he does? I think there's a, an agent opportunity there and a guidance opportunity to help the team make the right decision. I think A.J. Green probably for himself needs a change of venue and a new uniform to return to a level of play. Um, a change of scenery could be very, very good for him, much like much like what uh, Stefan Diggs had with the change of scenery. You know, change of scenery for Diggs, new quarterbacks for both uh, – uh, for both Allen and Boyd have led to success. And, and, you know, if Green isn't through, then he'll need to go prove that somewhere else. That would be that would be my quick, long answer. Josh, I, I just look at this from the standpoint of we kind of know what A.J. Green will do to Higgins and, and, um, and Boyd if he does come back there in next year. But let's say he doesn't. How high is the ceiling for Higgins? How high is the ceiling for Boyd? with Joe Burrow in there with no A.J. Green to throw to? There's absolutely no ceiling for those guys. They really don't have much depth at tight end, mm-hmm. um, or at least, you know, you know, receiving tight ends. And Joe Mixon, he was hurt this year. Hope he gets, you know, healthy for next year. And You know, I mean, he's coming back, but, you know, hope he stays healthy next year. And um, he'll be a very good option. I think with him being down, it, it did open up a lot more passing uh, for Tyler Board and T. Higgins. Um, but, when he comes back, those three guys will just absolutely explode next year. I, you know, and, and honestly, I welcome AJ Green to Chicago. I think it'd be great if he came here. You know, Mira, uh, little Allen Robinson, even though he's his agent's pissed about Chicago, but I would like AJ Green to come. Uh, that's a great point to to definitely leave and go to a different team, and I think he'll have a lot more success. Josh, that's interesting that you bring that uh, Green up to Chicago um, because I, I I was super high on Anthony Miller this year. He has certainly not returned my investment on him, and it's been disappointing. However, a guy that has really returned on investment for a lot of teams, we either picked him up on the waiver wire, took a chance on him late in best ball drafts, has been Darnell Mooney. What do you think Darnell Mooney's, uh, Darnell Mooney's future is in, in Chicago, and and how do you sort of, um, if, if if I wanted the scouting report on how good of a fantasy player he can be in that offense, what would you tell me? Um, honestly, without a court, you know, this is this could go on for like ten hours, but without, <laughs> without a good quarterback, without a good quarterback, uh, there's there's really no no place for him in a starting position, unfortunately, until we figure that out. He's a good option. Like uh, this past week, I picked up Cordell Patterson in my dynasty league. I needed a running back. David Johnson was injured or, you know, he's on the IR. And I, I, I picked him up over Darnell Mooney and, and I was happier about it. Um, but I think he's a great receiver. I think he can catch the ball very well. He's getting a lot more comfortable playing in the league itself and um, playing with some bigger guys. And, but, Again, it just goes back to who is going to be our quarterback and uh, who is going to perform a quarterback for Chicago because that's that's something that's just really hurting us here. That's a good point from an organizational standpoint. The Bears could could say, "Look what we have! Look what we have in front of you! Look at the receivers that we have on this roster and what they can do for you." I think it would be a nice landing spot for a lot of quarterbacks, either either needing a change or, or looking for a late one-year place to land in their career, much like what Philip Rivers has done with the uh, with the Colts. We're talking with Josh Falcone, the second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, heading into the all-important Week 11 in the season. And, Josh, two-part question here. Uh, number one, this is your first time competing in the FFPC in the Football Guys Players Championship. 
I, I'm just kind of curious the the hardest part for you in trying to adjust from your your like you call it backyard leagues, your basement leagues, your uh, you know office leagues, family leagues, whatever, to um, competing against the best of the best. Um, what has been that uh, uh, hardest thing to adjust to? And then number two, you know, we have people who have competed in this contest since its inception, never been close to the top, always pining for the top. Um, how surprising was it for you in your first year to be, you know, above 10,798 other teams in second place <laughs> heading into the final week of the regular season? So I'm uh, definitely a humble guy, but I, I, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't surprised that I'm contending for at least some cash. Um, I, you know, saw the payouts and I'm like, you know, I can score top 10%. You know, I, I, I you know, I've been doing that for uh, playing DFS for the last like year, like pretty well. And I've, you know, I've won some money and I'm like, you know what, like this is, this is an opportunity for me to like show my skills. Um, one of the major differences was uh, the tight end premium, which I did not take advantage of. Uh, it, it was just tough. I mean, the, and a lot of my leagues, Kelsey and Kittle were gone round one, Mark Andrews round two. I mean, it was just blowing me away. And, you know, those guys aren't in, you know, contending for the top spot. So I guess it, it really didn't make a difference this year for them. But that was one of the bigger things was just kind of like looking at the scoring and how many more uh, people are on my roster and how many more people I'm starting every week. Um to kind of like, okay, so I have to think about, you know, the whole season, how many injuries, how many of this, how many of that, There's, you know, 20, 20 person teams. It's just, it was a lot to think about, but once I kind of dialed it in and picked out my strategy of how I was going to draft and who I wanted my main quarterbacks to be and my running backs and receivers and et cetera, and then my backups. And I had some other strategies for drafting kickers and defenses super well earlier than normal. I guess you could say um, I was picking up kickers round 12 and 13 and, you know, and then my best defense right after just to guarantee uh, some points. And, th- I mean, that has paid off for me in the long run doing that. Um, but th- that's probably the hardest thing I'd say is just having to prep for the draft and just to learn a new system. But I've been doing fantasy for a couple of years now, and I've been pretty successful with it. And uh, it-, it wasn't the biggest challenge for me, but I would say those are the only things that, that made it a little bit more difficult. So, so, Josh, I'm going to ask you this right now, and this this is probably something I'm going to ask all the, the guests of this show going forward until, you know, probably this time next year. Um, there's been one tight end in fantasy football this year, and it's been Travis Kelsey. Everybody else, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, whoever, has either underperformed for whatever reason or gotten hurt, and it's really affected fantasy rosters. So you feel like you missed out on the tight end premium this year. Going forward, when you're drafting in 2021 – Seeing how your drafts played out this year, seeing how the tight end played out this year, are you going to adjust the way you draft the position next season based on everything that's happened in 2020? Uh, no. I honestly will be drafting the same way, um, m- you know, mid-level to above-average tight end, not waiting for the very end to get some, you know, uh, Dawson Knox or, you know, Tyler Eifert or someone like that. But, you know, like TJ Hawkinson in, in the team that we're referencing, my second place team, he was, I'm like, okay, Matt Stafford, he looks good. You know, Hawkinson could get a lot of reps and he's, he's paid off for me pretty well, but Travis Kelsey's in my dynasty league. I have him and I'm, I'm and I love him to death. He's, he is phenomenal at football and he is a phenomenal fantasy player. Um, so 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm going to change the way I draft next year at all. I think uh, if, if the opportunity presents itself for me to take a higher-end tight end in the fourth or fifth round, um, someone like an Andrews, not a Kittle, but, you know, someone who's just a little bit better, sure. You know, I, I, I'll definitely do that. But I waited till 7, 8, 9, and 10 uh, to pick up my tight ends this season. Well, Josh, you know, uh, go ahead, Bob. No, I was just going to say, I know you're always excited to ask the final question um, for, for Josh oh. or for our guests every single week. But I think this yes. next question that you're about to talk about, this is, is it's so rare that we have a question like this where not only does the depth chart at this position in New Orleans um, affect fantasy rosters um, just simply from that position, it affects it at the running back position, the receiver position, the tight end position. So this is an all-important question you're about to ask Josh here uh, regarding the Saints this week. It's the ripple effect. We weighed in on it earlier in the show, Josh, and we want you to weigh in on it too since we now have a quarterback who plays tight end going back to quarterback when he's not a running back and he's playing special teams. So we want to know exactly how the breakup between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston uh, will go. And, and uh, just so you know, uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve and um, uh, Mr. Williamson from uh, KFFC and uh, FFPC have weighed in, and they said they really like your strategy. They think you should just draft tight end and kicker. Or, uh, I'm sorry, kicker in defense a little earlier next year. They want you to go up to the single digits to get those next year. Uh, but meanwhile, Winston and Hill, help us out here, brother. What do you expect? How's that ripple effect going to what, – what's it going to do to all players on both sides of the ball? So, I need Alvin Kamara to have a bad week, honestly. Not, 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 yes, not dishing on the guy, but some of the competitors above me and below me that, you know, have some different teams have Alvin Kamara, and he's been lights out this year. I need him to not compete. On a second thought with that, I think there's going to be a lot of RPO uh, with what you said earlier mm-hmm. in the show, Latavius Murray, uh, Kamara, and Hill in the backfield, and it, it's going to be crazy. Um, I think Kamara will still get his touches, and he'll still do well, but um, – if I had someone like a Dalvin Cook or, you know, someone, you know, maybe like a Ezekiel Elliott or someone, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd play them over Kamara in that situation. But I think Jameis Winston will come into the game when Taysom Hill cannot uh, score. Um, I, I really don't think it's going to be a high-scoring contest for the Saints, at least. This is going to be a very weird game for them. Everyone said, I mean, they have a great defense. I get it. Um, but – I, I really don't think their stars are going to excel. I don't think Michael Thomas is going to have a breakout game. I'm sure Taysom Hill will throw him the ball a lot, but they're probably going to be shadowing him again uh, tonight. Uh, I'm sorry, for the game. But uh, I think if Taysom Hill gets into any trouble early, that Jameis Winston will definitely come in and they will split from there, uh, just depending on how the game is going, you know, the speed and where they're at in the game. Yeah, it's interesting about this game, too, because the total has dropped from 51.5 to 49.5. The Saints have gone from a a 6.5-point favorites to 3.5-point favorites. And I was actually talking to my buddy, um, uh, Farrell, um, our buddy Kurt Awe, his son, works with me. And we were talking about this this whole decision with Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston today. And he said, well, you know, they made this decision because Jameis Winston sucks. 
And I said, no, Jameis Winston doesn't suck. He's not a bad quarterback. He's great. He's super talented. The problem with Jameis Winston is he just wants to pipe the ball down the field as much as he can, and he doesn't care what jersey catches the ball. He doesn't care uh-huh. if it's his own teammate. He doesn't care if it's a defender. He just wants to keep it going. I mean, he's like he's like the definitive, um, you know, Madden competitor. You you know, like your buddy. That's just like oh, I don't care who wins and who loses. I just want the final score to be sixty-two to sixty-one, and we're gonna have a ton of passing yards. That's what Winston is in professional football. There is, I, I'm, and I'm sure there's a rubric. I'm sure there's a stat out there for it. Jameis Winston passes rarely hit the ground. He rarely throws true incompletions. They're either interceptions or they're true completions, and that's the way it is. Now, we'll see what happens. I happen to agree with Josh here. I think Jameis Winston is going to factor into this game. I can't believe that Taysom Hill is, is going to be the guy the whole game, but we shall see on, on how that game goes uh, starting at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. Very, very intriguing game. Um, Josh, we had a couple of emails come in for you. Um, that I wanted to read to you and, and get your 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 uh, input on these. The first one is from Larry and Laurel, Maryland. Larry and Laurel. Uh, he writes with Galladay, Swift, and Stafford all banged up this week. Should I just stay away from starting any Lions in Week 11? Larry, thank you so much for the email. Certainly appreciate it. Um, since this email has come in, Swift is out. I believe Galladay is also out. Stafford is expected to play, but. He's throwing to Hawkinson. He's throwing to Marvin Jones, uh, Quintez Cephas, uh, and, and Kerryon Johnson and Adrian Peterson in the backfield that Farrell and I touched on at the top of the show. Josh, when you look at the Lions this week and, you know, taking on Carolina in North Carolina at Charlotte, are there any Lions that you're starting this week or feel good about starting about? I am starting Adrian Peterson in one of my uh, league, not in the FFTC. Um only because it's the last resort option to start him. But I think if you need someone who is going to run the ball tough, Adrian Peterson's your guy, especially when you're, you know, your best receiver's down and your starting running back is down. And pretty sure that they said that he was going to get the first snap. And I think, uh, I think you're right. I don't think he's going to get a lot of the third down plays, but, I think he's going to make a count on the first and uh, second down runs um, this week. TJ Hawkinson, he's another option for me. I, I think with Gallaudet out, they're going to go to him a lot more. Um, I, I'd like to see him seven, eight catches or even closer to 10 with hopefully a touchdown. And then Marvin Jones, he's a great option as well. I think he's going to have a great week. Uh, but it, it, it's uh, if you can stay away from that game, I'd stay away from it. If you need some cheaper players in Daily Fantasy – I'd say, you know, go wild with those three guys. Farrell, do you happen to agree as far as the pass catchers go? Are, are you uh, lining stuff with, with Josh on, you know, Hawkinson, Jones, and so on and so forth? I am, but I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about the quarterback's hand injury. Um, it, uh, yeah. There's just a lot of mysteries about this game. And, and when, when, you, when I end up with Hawkinson in the FFPC, I usually end up with another very good tight end to go along with him. So Hawkinson will be uh, on my bench this week, and I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Uh, Stafford is a very, very tough guy, and he can play through it. But, you know, if you can't grip the football properly, you can't throw it properly. And Carolina, um, you know, Carolina's got an issue with quarterback too. And, and that's why these numbers coming from uh, from the desert – are uh, they they could somewhat be fugazis because we don't really know 
who's going to line up in this game uh, at uh, Carolina quarterback position, which will have a huge effect on it. You know, if, if Teddy plays, we haven't talked about the Carolina players, but if Teddy plays, my goodness, those receivers are in for a very, very good day. I think. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. Uh, no question. Uh, Josh, let's go to Jerry in Cameron, New York here. Final email for you. He writes, hey, Josh, I need a win to make my football guys playoffs this week. Should I start Curtis Samuel against the Lions? Well, we just talked about it. Curtis Samuel against the Lions or Kalen Balazs against the New York Jets. Thanks so much, man. That is Jerry in Cameron, New York. Josh, do you have a feeling on this? You know, and I, I guess it kind of plays into is Curtis Samuel going to be catching passes um, from P.J. Walker or uh, Will Greer? I guess we don't know at this point. We know it's probably not going to be Bridgewater. But then you have Kalen Balazs, too, who's really – you know, reacclimated himself to fantasy owners here over the last few weeks as, as a viable option. So if you can only flex out one of these guys, who's it going to be? It's probably going to be Curtis Samuel. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I don't like Blage. I think, um, I think he ran the ball well, maybe five or six games out of the last couple of seasons here. But outside of that, I really don't think he's going to put up the numbers that Samuel could. Uh, Samuel is going to run the ball, I think. Um, he could be a very good goal line option for a sweep or for, you know, some motion play, and he can get in the end zone pretty quickly. And he's had some big weeks. So if, if you're looking for, I guess, a punt play between those two, you know, those two guys, neither of them are very good starter options, but I would say Curtis Samuel um, and let it ride and hopefully you take your W. Excellent. Balky, is that our last email? That is our last email. It is all you, my friend. Center stage, Carol Elliott. Oh, I tell you, thank you, Balky. Josh, uh, we have had oracles come on the show with their predictions to my my next (laughs) question. And, you know, I asked you, uh, a a girlfriend of mine listened to the show and told me I was mansplaining to the last guest about what a sleeper and and what a uh, bust was. So I know everyone knows what that is. But my bust, two weeks ago I had a bust. I had, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, I had a uh, DeAndre Hopkins, six points in the lineup. That's what I'm looking for in a bust. I want you to tell me a guy that everybody's going to start set it and forget it, won't think about it, and will get single-digit points. And then on the sleeper, I want, you to tell, I want you to tell me about a player that when you are in Las Vegas at the FFPC this year, and, you know, people are going to come up and say, is that, is that Josh? Is that the guy that in week 11 started? Yeah, that, that's, he's over there eating chicken wings. That's him, the legend, <laughs> Josh Falcone, that started this sleeper that propelled him into this big championship and made him the legend in the FFPC. So that's what's at stake. That's the kind of bust. That's the kind of sleeper I'm looking for. Go ahead. So the sleeper this week is going to be uh, – I got two, but here, I'll give you my first. Joe Flacco at quarterback. (laughs) Joe Flacco, watch out. 300-yard Joe is coming this week. Wow. 300 yards against the Chargers. Like, uh, How like many touchdowns? Yeah. Uh, How, How many, many touchdowns? touchdowns? Two mm-hmm. touchdowns. One of them. Two touchdowns. Mims. Yep. There, yeah. Okay. Mims is my other. Uh, he's my other guy. I'm. I'm. I'm really hot on those two guys this week for the sleepers. 
New York Jets sleepers on the road. Yep, I love sleepers. That. Just love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Sleepers. And my boss, if if I had to pick again with a quarterback and another flex, my boss is going to be Tom Brady this week. Mm. I love it. Yep. I love I'm, it. Now, yep. there's a guy, and, and, you know, you have mentioned it a couple times. Uh, you have mentioned your play in the daily games, and those are? The, the, those, you know, you came to those answers very, very quickly, and I and I think they come from a place that you are well conditioned to identify. So uh, you may make some people think that have an option uh, about Brady uh, to make some moves this weekend, and I cannot imagine with with the dread that everyone uh, attaches to Joe Flacco, him getting in the lineup. But I have, I, I can see that happening in a chaser game against the Chargers. I think these are wonderful answers, and uh, we'll have to check and see how these come out. This is very entertaining. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I have yeah. one more uh, uh, boss. I'm so sorry. Uh, Aaron Jones, who I'm, I'm rooting for so hard because he's on my team, but Aaron Jones is, is probably sadly going to be a bust this week as well that you uh, should probably sit. You know, it's so interesting. So I, I'll just wait. Yes, I will weigh in on this oh. because I, I'm in Northeast oh. Wisconsin, and and yeah. um, you know I, I I do that my my local radio show here uh, about the Packers, and and I'll say this: it seems to me, based on what I've read and what I have um, heard from all the national pundits about the about the Packers and Colts, is that people are not necessarily believers in the Colts defense. And I can tell you that as far as Green Bay, Appleton, Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, everything in Northeast Wisconsin goes, like, we are big-time believers in the Colts' defense up here. We are very nervous about this team <laughs> as, as, as Packers fans um, as they go in to take on the Colts. We believe the defense is for real. Now, they did put Autry on the COVID IR, so the leading sack um, defensive uh, pass rusher is not going to be facing Green Bay. But I'll say this. There has been an effusive amount of, of people praising Aaron Jones and saying he's going to have a big week this week, and I'm with Josh. I don't see it. I, I think if they beat this team, it's going to be um, trying to outscore them. It's going to be throwing the ball to Devontae Adams, Marcus Elder Stanting, and Robert Tunyon. I don't see Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams running roughshod over the Colts defense. So, Josh, I am totally with you on that this week. As far as the Flacco call goes, you're talking about an 0-9 team visiting a 2-7 team. So a team that can be had. And Flacco is going to be coming into this game as a 10-point dog with a total of 46. He's going to have Jamison Crowder at his disposal. He's probably going to have Rashad Perriman at his disposal. And you like to think Denzel Mims as well. So I love the Flacco call. I love the Aaron Jones call. And the fact that you, the second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, are making these calls makes me feel very, very good about my player evaluation for week 11 as well. I cannot thank you enough, Josh, for coming on the show, carving out a little bit of time on your Friday night. Go take care of your one-year-old son. Go get ready for week 11. Go get ready to try to position yourself as best as you can to take this half-million-dollar grand prize down as we go forward over the next six weeks. Thanks again. I hope the ball bounces your way, and we'll talk to you again soon, dude. Uh, uh, very soon, Absolutely. dude. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This was uh, one of the bigger moments in my life, I guess you could say. I'm, I, I, I'm not really big into, like, the spotlight or nothing, and this was uh, very, very cool to get an invite from you guys. And I had a great time on the show, so thank you guys so much. And hopefully I can be back uh, to talk uh, after I win this year, okay? 
That's the plan. That's the plan. We'll, we will uh, hopefully talk to you in January, dude. Be good, and happy Thanksgiving Thanks, to you and your family. You as well. Thank you, guys. Have Great a job, so Josh. Thank you, Josh wow. Falcone, ladies and gentlemen, the second-place team fun. in the Pope Galaxy Players Championship. You follow him on Twitter at Josh Falcone 15 That's J-O-S-H-F-A-L-C-O-N-E-1-5. Uh, good stuff from him, Farrell, for sure. A guy who, you know, people always talk about this every single year, and I feel like we've been bringing this up over the last two months on the show. Oh, you need to buy a lot of teams. Oh, you need to have a lot of experience. This is Josh's – he doesn't have a ton of teams, and this is his first year in the league, and he's second place overall. And, by the way, last week he was leading the whole damn thing too. You know, when he talks about sleepers and bust, if those four come in, we should just let him – host the show next week we should just <laughs> step aside and just let him you know it just because and those were strong and, and they make all they all make very good sense and the only one that occurred to me honestly was Brady that was the only one that I had really yeah. thought about you know if Brady turns in 16-17 which he could uh against that Rams defense it uh yeah so it, it's that was very very good I I Thought that uh, he's incredible. We got to get him. Uh, we got to get him down here to Louisville, being from Chicago. But what an interesting yeah, guy! I, yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I would love to to hang out with him in in Louisville next year, especially if we pick him up on the way down uh, from uh, from <laughs> Appleton, Chicago, to Chicago as well, and pick his brain on the way down. That would certainly be worthwhile for sure. It's uh, it's so interesting because I host. You know, not only do I host a sports talk show up here, but I host a fantasy football. Uh, show on terrestrial radio here in Northeast Wisconsin. And there's this guy who, who calls in, texts, tweets us every week. And he always, I say he should host the show because the decisions he has to make, it's just insane. He's like, okay, uh, guys, uh, tough decision for me this week. Who do I bench? Uh, I got to pick between Julio Jones, uh, Robert Woods, and Tyree Kill. I have to bench two of them. And I'm like, dude, if you have to bench two of those guys, you should be hosting the show. Like, you are just an insane drafter to be able to have all those guys on your team. Yeah. It's just crazy. Um, speaking well, of he's in a league drafting, that allows trading, Balky. If you have all those players that must in the league that you do, that's, that's what that is. That has to be it. That has to be it. Um, uh, plenty of insane drafters listen into this podcast. One of them is in the, in the chat room tonight. It's Wasp Guy. It's Hudson Reeve. He wants to know, uh, Farrell, um, LaMichael Perrine, he wants to know what your expectations are for him this week and beyond. We kind of talked about the uh, the Jets-Chargers game earlier. Uh, LaMichael Perrine, excuse me, Perrine. I always call him Perrine. LaMichael yeah. Perrine going to Los Angeles to face the Chargers this week as a nine-and-a-half-point dog. We heard the reports last week that he could be the guy, and he's expected to see more of a featured role in this offense. Uh, what do you expect for him in Week 11? What do you expect for him for the remainder of the season? You know, he should be. He's limited by the the players around him. But as long as Flacco's going to be flying the ball around, he'll have some opportunities. I like the way he catches the ball. He's got a quick first step. He reminds me, and I'd have to look closer at it, but at first glance he reminds me a little bit of uh, of uh, our friend McKissick down at, down in uh, in Washington. I I think some good things could happen for the player. I It's it's not going it's when he begins to become successful the other uh, the defensive coordinator coordinator of the opposition will say well we'll put that to a stop and because they're so limited with his skill set 
uh, you know, they got some good young players that are playing hard. But because they're limited with talent, he'll be easy to stop. So you might catch it quickly. But I don't believe the players – I don't believe it's going to be a building thing where he can amass statistics and get better throughout the year. So that would be my uh, caveat with that player. But Hud, uh, Hudson Curran Reeve has dressed good teams. He probably needs – he probably needs a one-week wonder, and it's all he needs. And, and against the Chargers, I, I can see doing that. Yeah, I. you know, the thing is, is I would really temper my expectations for Pirine. I sure. think he probably will get the, the lion's share of touches, as you were saying. Um, but how good is that going to be in the Jets' offense? Um, if you're going for mm-hmm. a half-million-dollar grand prize, he's probably not going to help you out there. Um, and, but and the one-week wonder, Hud. That's the thing, you know. Like if it, it comes down to it, you're you're looking at P Ryan with a, um, you know, anything can happen. And if he does get that that um, those that volume, yeah, he could be a big time. He could be a top ten back, and he's going to catch passes too, which which I do like. So I'm I'm a big fan of that um, uh, for sure. Um, let's. I'm gonna. We're gonna. We basically we're out of time on the show, Farrell. My goal oh. is to get two two of these emails here um, to help out the the listeners. John and Walpole, Vermont. I got Salvan Ahmed off waivers this week. Is it nuts to play him over Leonard Fournette? We already talked about the, the, the Tampa Bay game. They play the Rams on Monday night football. The Miami Dolphins are going to be in action, which you would think Ahmed is, is going to be the lead guy this week, along with Matt Breida. They're in Denver, the Mile High City, to take on the Broncos. Who would you play if you could only play one of them, Ahmed or Fournette? Ahmed's the guy you have to play. Fournette gets a lesser share of committee work against a very, very stout rush defense. So that's that's not the play that you want. Now I, I got this is not going to help our friend that emailed in, but I got to give a shout out to my friend, the scout, a very, very young scout with the Miami Dolphins, J.P. McGowan. He is responsible not only for having Gaskin, University of Washington, uh, with the Dolphins, but he is he is the same thing. Um, about having Ahmed uh, with uh, with the Dolphins. Uh, JP is a uh, a sports management graduate from Texas A and M, and then graduate school at the University of Washington. So they tell you those sports management degrees are not a serious degree. He's a 27 year old scout doing great things for the Miami Dolphins. He'll keep it up, and he tells me that this is a, this is a player, and that uh, and that Gaskin may have trouble. Uh, reclaiming those uh, those touches in the Miami backfield upon his return. Yeah, I know. I'm with you on that um, uh, for sure. And, and I, you know, it's, it's frustrating because I didn't get Ackman in any of my leagues, but it is what mm-hmm. it is. We'll see what happens there um, with uh, with Brita coming back. It it might muddy the waters a little bit. One final email here tonight, and I think I am going to turn it to. Let's go. Ah, yeah, let's go with uh, Tom in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. What's up, fellas? I need your quote-unquote expert advice this coming weekend. Mm. Travis Fulgham against the Browns or C.D. Lamb versus the Vikings. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. That's Tom in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Tom, certainly appreciate the kind words. Farrell, this is interesting because Travis Fulgham, essentially since he came on, he's had one bad week. Otherwise, he's been a top-20 receiver every single week. It's unfortunate that that one bad week came – Last week in week mm-hmm. 10. So he's not mm-hmm. trending in the right direction. C.D. Lamb, you know, ever since uh, Prescott went down, so has Lamb's fantasy production. But he does get Dalton back this week, which is an upgrade over Garrett Gilbert. It's an upgrade over uh, Ben DiNucci, assuming Dalton is going to be playing this week, which I think that's going to happen. 
But so if you have the choice, Fulgham trending down, Lamb trending up maybe a little bit. To me, it's a coin flip. I'm going to lean towards Fulgham. Um, but I, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this between these two players. You're leaning the wrong way, Balky, uh, but only because of the explosiveness of C.D. Lamb and what they want to have happen for that player. You can't salvage a lot about this Dallas uh, Cowboys season, but you can elevate and continue to promote C.D. Lamb's maturation in the offense, and he is a terrific player, and they are going to get on the same page and be successful against a against the Minnesota team that's coming in after a, uh, on a short week after an emotional game. And they're playing inside, which is a real big value. Your Philadelphia Eagles, on the other hand, I believe, I think this is correct, they're traveling to Cleveland. Is that correct? Cleveland is hosting that the is, Eagles. That's, yeah, you that's know, correct. It was, it was a uh, – you know, the the Cleveland defense, with, with help from the elements, but the Cleveland defense just held uh, uh, Deshaun Watson in, in Houston to one touchdown. And um, Fogum, I, you know, Fogum is a wonderful player, and, and I think he should shoot up the draft boards next year. He's just, like, he's just like the type of receiver that you want, just like Lazard is for the Packers, who's returning this week. And a lot of these same guys that are contributing – around the league look like this player. And this player just had a harder time getting started, but he's every bit as good as these guys. So Tom's question is is, is really a fake question because he, if he's got these two guys, he's already won the damn league that he's in anyway. But for but C.D. Lamb would be the start uh, for the guy that, that I'm going to play here. And I, I expect C.D. Lamb to have a successful game against the Vikings. Go with the upside, go with the ceiling. The upside and the ceiling, once again, every week is brought to you by Farrell Elliott from the Kentucky Fantasy Football uh, Championship. The, uh, the commish, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. Mm-hmm. You follow him on Twitter at J. Farrell Elliott. You follow the KFFSC on Twitter at KFFSC. And remember to check it out, KFFSC.com. Farrell, cannot thank you enough for uh, hosting once again this week uh, with me. I, I certainly appreciate it. I hope the ball bounces your way. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week as we lead into league playoffs, not only for the FFPC main event, not only for the Football Guys Players Championship, but for the KFFSC main event as well. Thank you, Balky. We'll talk, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. I'll see you on the other side. Do the same, dude. Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, um, because the next time we will do this show will be next Friday. I'm going to tell you who's coming on next Friday. It's a big guest. Um, in just a little bit. I do, before we get to that, I want to uh, thank Josh Falcone, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, each and every one of you for listening tonight. Big congratulations to uh, FFPC player Dave Terpoli. Dave uh, got married today. Dave, uh, if, if you guys are not familiar, he basically runs the FFPC Twitter account. People ask me that all the time. Who runs the FFPC Twitter? It's Dave. Uh, so if you see all that anti-Cowboy stuff on there, Dave being a big Eagles fan, now you know where it comes from. Uh, so congratulations to him and his uh, now wife, Bridget. Uh, that's awesome stuff. And, and hopefully we'll be able to all catch up with him in Vegas next year. Uh, he is a big-time FFPC proponent. And uh, congratulations to him on his uh, day of screaming into forever with his lovely bride. Uh, reminder, Dave Shioto on the high stakes lowdown, rotoviz.com slash podcast, or anywhere you get podcasts, you can basically uh, subscribe to the feed and you will get the uh, Rotoviz HSLD 
each and every Thursday during the season. Dave Sciotto won a lot of money in the FFPC. He's going to tell you how to try to do it in 2020 for the remainder of the season. Uh, that is going to do it for our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We will indeed be back. Now, I know it's, it's a holiday weekend, but De- uh, Farrell, excuse me, Farrell and I will be back 10, 9 central next Friday live with uh, Scott Hoyt, a longtime FFPC player, uh, WCOF player as well. He will be on the show. He's ninth place in the main event currently as we head into week 11, and he will be our guest next week. Um, we got off to a great start last night with the Seahawks and Cardinals. A lot of great other football games this weekend. Enjoy the rest of it. Your weekend, of course. This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Hey, once again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure um, you are checking out FrederickTheYounger.com. Of course, anywhere you get music, Frederick the Younger is responsible for the outro of this fantasy football podcast. And check out the Quiet Hollers, QuietHollers.com, uh, the intro music for, uh, for this fantasy football podcast. They are awesome. They do great work. Uh, and if you ever get a chance to see them live, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We'll be back uh, a week from today. Be safe, be careful, but have fun. Uh, Live your life. I think that's the best advice I can give. And uh, you do with that what you may. Congrats to uh, Dave Terpoli. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week, everybody. Good luck. Hopefully you make your league playoffs and the ball bounces your way. Thank you so much, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 